<laughs> Gosh, John, I forget how good you are at karate. That's incredible. I know, man. I mean, it's all about the right belt. It is. Timing you know? or your leather belt. Exactly. I, I feel like maybe, is that not, that's what you meant. Not really, okay. but speaking of, oh, Dave, wow, I'm yeah, just yeah. going to try to transition to okay. save you. <laughs> Finally, Dave, Yeah. warm spring days are arriving. Oh, Am I gosh. right? Isn't it great? You know what? I need a new pair of shades that I don't have to baby. Do you know what I'm saying, John? I don't want to take care of them. Let me put them on, take them off, and not have to worry Look, about it. Hey, Dave, I know exactly Sorry. Sorry, what I didn't you mean. Sorry, I didn't mean to rant. Knock around is the solution. They've been making high-quality shades that don't break the bank okay. since 2005. Oh, wow. And they've actually been my personal go-tos for years. Oh, yeah. I love Knockaround, John. They have over 20 different frame styles, so there's something for everyone, including tons of kids' pairs. That's right. So whether you're looking to rep your favorite sports teams, mm -hmm. you know, like you're a sports guy, mm -hmm. <laughs> spend some relaxation time in the yard, yep. or cruise down Broadway with the windows down oh. like Dave does uh -huh. all the time. All the time. Every Tuesday and Thursday mm -hmm. and Saturday. Mm -hmm. Knock around. That's what you need. Yeah, yeah. All of their lenses have UV 400 protection, which is basically like sunscreen for your eyes, which, by the way, <laughs> I've tried that, and it hurts. <laughs> Use the sunglasses, everybody. With polarized adult pairs starting at 28 bucks. you can get a few pairs to leave in your car, toss in your beach bag, or lend to a friend in need. Dave, that is such a good price I that I might buy a pair just to intentionally lose them. I don't love that logic, John, but I know, you do but have a history of misplacement. It's not around Don't fight me because like of the karate stuff. But it could so. be perfect for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, Dadville fans, don't squint through family beach days yeah. or trips to the park. Check out knockaround.com and use the promo code DADVILLE15 for 15% off your order. That's DADVILLE15 for 15% off your order at knockaround.com. Yeah. Hi, I'm Dave Barnes. And I'm John McLaughlin. And welcome to Dadville. Dadville is a podcast where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of awesome dadding. It's funny thoughts and deep talks. So please, enjoy your time here in Dadville and enjoy this episode with... Dave and me. And we're rolling. Everybody, welcome to Dadville. I'm your host, John McLaughlin. Yep, I'm... Do I say anything? Co-hoster. I told you before we started just to let me do the talking. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why am I doing the talking? I'll tell you why. Because we have a very, very special guest on Ooh. Dadville. He's very comfortable in Dadville. Okay. He's a resident uh, founder. Oh. Discoverer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Co-discoverer. Uh, he is an American, as far as I know, and an American songwriter, producer, musician, comedian, lawn care specialist. Mm. He's written songs for the likes of oh, Thomas wow. Rhett, Carrie Underwood, mm. Ingrid Michaelson, John McLaughlin, and Dan and Shay, just the name, the cream of the crop. He's appeared on at least one soap opera. That's true. As himself. That is true. All My Children. Yep. Uh, CMA Award nominated, Dove Award winning, Grammy nominated artist friend, Dave Barnes. Look at that. That's Welcome. good. That's good. Welcome. Um, can I also just real quick say that All My Kids is literally what people call that. I'm not kidding. When I got into a little bit of that universe of All My Children, oh, is I this, met people Is it like shows. a Star Wars kind of thing? Yes. I met some people at shows who were like, oh, dude, we loved your episode on All My Kids. And I was like, what is that? And they're like, 
sorry, it's what we like people who really watch it call it. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. I was not now. This. We've talked about this before, but I was on the Bold and the Beautiful B and B B and B. Yeah, is that what they call it? That's what B&B. I do. That's what I call it right now. I, you know what we should do? We should have somebody. We should have like a soap person on mm. to talk. That's a whole world. Mm. I'm sure. Right? I feel like less of a world now because there's just not as many. Like, oh, there aren't? I, no. They, they, yeah. No, like uh, Bold and the Beautiful and all my kids. Sorry. All my children. <laughs> and th- Those are the all, two main is ones. Is all my children gone though? Am I wrong? I mean, I have no idea. I, th- I, I know this. I know they went from, you know, like normal cable TV to either online, and maybe they're still online, or maybe it's gone. I actually don't know. It hurts too much to watch it now because my character got killed off. <laughs> um, I don't remember. I mean. Wait, what did you do on Bold and Beautiful? Yeah, well, that's what I'm trying to think. I hadn't. I mean, they didn't need to tell me anything because I didn't need to know anything. I was just, I think like you, I was just performing. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But it was like in a theater, and some of like the the main characters of Bold and Beautiful were like in, I think they were like at one of my concerts. Yeah. Or did something you, like that. Did you have that. a line? No. I just sang uh, Beautiful Disaster. Okay. Bold and... Bold and disastrous. Beautiful disaster. There we go. There it is. Um. Anyway, and then afterward, the only thing I remember is they... They were like doing some lighting stuff and there are all these people. I mean, there's 300 people in this little theater. And so they were just waiting forever. And so I just, I just like started talking to the crowd because my like piano was, didn't actually work or something like that. So I couldn't just play songs. Anyway, so I did like a Q&A for like 30 minutes and I loved it. No way. It was the most random kind of like emceeing kind of thing that i've ever done anyway and they just let you they let you do it yeah they were just like oh, please i mean so like what were some of the people. questions no i was just like hey anybody have a, a question for me and, and it can be who are you go ahead oh hi <laughs> <laughs> can we start shouldn't everybody start every q a with yes that? and the yeah. first question can't be who you are let's go ahead and open it up <laughs> That starts and it's such a wonderful place. Okay. I'm glad that that's where this is going. Mm. You know what? Let's not talk about what we were going to talk about. Let's just lean more <laughs> into lean more Q&A. the Q&A. <laughs> no, we're here to talk about your new record. You. Uh, it's called Remembering, colon, Greatest Hits Acoustic. Yeah. We don't say the colon, but yeah. Oh, okay. I'm not supposed to pronounce it. The silent <laughs> colon. <laughs> the worst sci-fi novel of all time. <laughs> okay. Here's how I want to start. Hold on. I, hold on, hold on, hold <laughs> on. <laughs> the silent colon. Once you go in, you never get out. There's so many. That, that, talk about something I would not watch. Oh, yeah. No. You'd want to hear. I, I'd be the guy to be like, I don't want to watch. Tell me about it, though. What happens? No, I would I would want to like leave the table <laughs> until that part of the conversation's yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, And then come back. Yeah, that's fair. That's um, fair. Here's how I want to start this. Okay. First, I wanted to start with uh, talking about soap operas for okay. five minutes, which we did. <laughs> okay, good. And we'll get back to it, hopefully. <laughs> um, I want to talk. So, something that you, that, that some of our friends have done for you mm-hmm. with this record is send in videos. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of yeah, talking yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. some of your songs, like A Memory, all that kind of stuff. 
And uh, I have not done that, mm-hmm. and I have felt guilt and shame mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. And when the door you, is not shut, by the way. Well, here's the thing. I thought this will be my time. Yeah, because I oh, have yeah. a story. I, like I just hate doing videos on myself. I hate yeah. it. Hate yeah. it. Hate yeah. it. Yeah. So anyway, which is really interesting because everybody that knows you knows how handsome you are, and you would think you'd feel very. You'd see yourself and think there, there I am. There's handsome me once again. I, that first sentence is correct. <laughs> there I am. I guess that's what I look like today. Because here's because you always look. You remember those commercials a couple years ago that were brilliant, and they had people thinking of themselves. They had like a daydream of themselves, and it was always like a better looking version. Oh yes, of them, yes, yes. Which is so brilliant because that's how that's how we all view ourselves. Yeah, like if yeah. I'm wearing some kind of new thing, um. I have a, it's not like I think I look amazing, but I'm like, when I see myself, I'm like, oh, I don't look like yeah, what I, had what I thought yeah. I looked like. Yeah, yeah. Never do. Yeah. Anyway, um, so it's 2002 or 2001, somewhere around there. I know because it was my freshman year of college at Anderson University. At Go Ravens. Yep. Go, go. That's not the call. <laughs> but I remember, so all I knew is that my buddy Luke Barrage had done a Young Life camp with Matt Wirtz mm. the summer before, and yep. he played in the band, yep. and he's buddies with Matt, and so Matt was coming to AU yep. to play a show, and he had been playing his record in the dorms, like leading up to it. This was some days, right? Some days. Yeah. And, which is his first yeah, record, right? Length, yeah. So... I, I, for whatever reason, I got to the show a little bit late. You were playing, you were starting at 7, and I got there at like 7.20 or something I was open like that. That, that night, right? You were, but I didn't know. Okay. I, I, hadn't, I hadn't heard of oh, you Oh, yet. there was no, oh, right, right, right. I just knew right. this guy named Matt Wirtz is coming to play. And I remember walking into, it's called the Marketplace. It was actually our, our, like, one of our cafeterias where you guys played. We really gave you guys the royal treatment. And... Uh, and I walk in, and you're playing nothing fancy, just you solo. And I was like, "What the heck? Like, a what is this song? I bet that I came from a practice room where I was like working on a song. Now I don't remember this, but it's very likely that yeah, that's yeah. probably why yeah. I was late. I was probably in a practice room working on a song, and then I walked, you know, like the twenty feet over to the marketplace. And you're up there. I think you had like you had really short hair, mm-hmm. a little bleached, maybe. It wasn't yet. It would be soon. Okay. And you were playing that song, and it was like I've never heard somebody play that good of a song all alone on on a stage. Your voice sounded amazing. Mm-hmm. It was like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> and then I think so. I caught the end of your set. That might have been the last song that you did. But I will never forget that moment. And it's still, and I've told you this many times, like Nothing Fancy is on my top 10 songs of all time. Of just like McCartney, Foo Fighters, Ben Folds. It's on the top 10. Wow. It's one of the greatest songs Do you you think some of, I, I feel this way about some of my favorite songs, some of it had to do with the first interaction with it, like that moment. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think so, but I do think that 
I really feel strongly that I could have heard that song at any time hmm. and been like, that, that's just one of those songs that you're like, you can have anybody cover that song in any style that they put it in. And that song is that song. That's really good. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was before then like fast forward, what, six months, nine months when all of a sudden you're opening, <laughs> you're opening for Matt and I. At yeah, I think that was the next year. Okay. And Matt and I have a moment in the back where we're like, as you're playing, we're like, well, somebody's got to kill him. So, I mean, it's got to be you or me. I was probably this. covering like Drops of Jupiter or something. <laughs> no, no. I just remember <laughs> like you, here you come looking so cool and you're so nice and you start playing piano and singing and John and I were like, I mean, Matt and I were like, damn it. This kid's still in college. What is he, a sophomore? I would have been a sophomore, yeah. Look at look at his flared jeans. He's got so much power in those Steve Maddens. <laughs> the slip-on the leathers. Slip on leathers. Steve Maddens. Um, and then I remember after that show, and then you hopped on drums and played. Luke oh, yeah. was on bass. Yeah. You were on drums. Uh, Wirtz was playing. Um, and then I remember like regularly I would go into like friends' dorms, and they would have three, then four, your first yeah. EP, just playing. Yeah. It was like... It was a thing. Um, that was some of the the dilemma about doing this record. This remembering record was going, you know, some of these I've already done on acoustic. Like, is it okay if I do them again? Because their, their first iteration was was that. You know right, I mean? so right. And it's like, well. But I think where I landed was like, well, obviously the, ver- <laughs> the versions of them now are. <laughs> Or a lot better than the uh-huh. versions on three, the four. But I mean, you know, people we could, get used to this it. could be the whole, we could do a whole podcast on this, what you're talking about, because I, you know, I'm getting ready to do this, this Indiana tour yeah, 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 anniversary tour. And so I'm listening to that Indiana record and I can't, I can barely stand it. I can yeah, barely stand yeah. the way that I'm singing on yeah, that. Yeah freaking record and Which, i know listen, that you kind of have the similar oh feelings when you're saying that about walking in with not, nothing fancy i'm like oh, i know exactly what was happening nothing fa- i was like doing my version of michael mcdonald where i did you wasn't were opening covering michael mouth. mcdonald <laughs> covering, covering <Dave> you <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just like i already cringe thinking oh god i mean you say my voice sounded good but i know what but what like. helps me what i like is hearing you s- talk about the thing that i feel about my record yeah and knowing like i've said to you before like i can listen to three then four your ep and i hear what you're talking about but it doesn't bother me yeah like i know you're singing that way yeah and then listening to remembering like you you sing so much differently yeah now yeah Yeah, that's That's, annie annie's taking off to trader joe's okay um (laughs) but it just doesn't bother me Labor Day sales that, ending. That really got me. <laughs> I'm imagining her in just a monster truck <laughs> chucking down Belmont, just like eating asphalt. <laughs> That's um, so Annie. Yeah, no, um, I, I hear it. But it's funny, and I'm not just saying this. I know we say this all the time, but listening to Indiana, I feel the same way. I'm like, oh, maybe, because you'll go, hear how I sing that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess not. I'm like leaning in, listening. Uh, like yeah. the actual song, Indiana. I cannot listen to it, Dave. I, Still, I mean, I like just, you really can't, seriously. Yeah, I mean, I just wrote out the uh, a piano book. Oh, yeah. it, like all the yep. sheet music. So I'm listening to like, how did I play that on the record? Because I play it differently now. 
And, you know, like you, I'm sure I, I never listened to these songs. Yeah. I mean, some of these songs, I haven't listened to the actual record version of it in like 15 years right, probably. Right, And I just cannot take like, what was, what was happening with my jaw back then? <laughs> Dude, Could I not so open my mouth? I just think, was I wearing like 60 turtlenecks? Yeah. That was just <laughs> Inside causing... my throat. <laughs> Okay, anyway. And I swallowed we're, we're talking about Indiana too much. I had ingested a, a wintertime gap <laughs> store. <laughs> I swallowed a gap campaign. <laughs> John Legend just. is just in my tummy. <laughs> Man. Dave, yeah. I want to give a shout out. Yeah. And when I give a shout out, I always I laugh because it just brings me so much joy you to give a shout, shout out outs. to Claritin yes. Yes. for supporting this episode and providing us with free oh, samples. You know it, John. This time of year, my allergies are in fuego. They're mm-hmm. always on the attack, but I use this and you should too. Oh, I do, Dave. Every day in our house. Yeah. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, which is, this is me raising my hand, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill to relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, runny nose, itchy and watery eyes an itchy nose and throat and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. John, I've been taking Claritin D for my allergies for a long time, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can go for a run without my eyes watering. I may be crying, but it's not sure, from allergies. Totally different. And I can sing without feeling like I have a fr- like a big old, let's not be called a frog. It's a, it's like a toad. It's like a family of toads. It's a family. It's a turtle. Yeah. In my throat. So, you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? Yeah, me. I it's am. time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Dave. 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 Okay, I win. Um, I was spinning yesterday out by the pool reading. Yeah. As you do. Which they caught me later. I was like, I don't even know whose yard this is. And I was thinking of this question for you while they took me to the okay, jailhouse. What was something you learned as a kid that you've never forgotten? Oh, I mean, Chopin's Prelude in E minor, Opus 28, number four. That's Is that uh, where you were? You knew I was going to say that. Well, it's weird. I'm an Opus yeah. 28, number seven guy. Oh, okay. But I'm really, surprised we're friends. Well, <laughs> we, we pushed through that all these years, and it's right there. It's an elephant in the room. But really, I'm a bigger fan of his earlier stuff, like if we're being honest. like And his award-winning podcast ads. Can I, Can we say that? Can I think we, so. Okay. I feel, yeah. it feels, when I say it, it feels great. It's important for us to make learning fun uh, for the kids. That's a big part of That's a Dadville thing. That's that one is, of our tenets. That is. Well, yeah. Dave. KiwiCo is defining the future of play and making it engaging, enriching, and seriously entertaining. Yeah. You know, KiwiCo, we built a box, and mm-hmm. it was so fun. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the thing that I love about KiwiCo is the number of projects that they have that you're like, you see it, and you're like, it would take a team of scientists to build this thing. And then you open it up, and your kids start following the directions, and they get invested in it. And next thing you know, I'm like, my girls are going to be working for NASA. <laughs> KiwiCo makes me feel like I can be an astronaut. (laughs) 
Oh, it's true. It's I true. laugh because it's, it's true. It's true. Okay. Your child can get super cool hands-on science, art, and geography projects delivered to the door every month. You'll be That's surprised. That's your door, not yes. just yes. the door. Your door. <laughs> it's not. You can pick a door, and they may take it there for you, but what they're going to initially do is take it to your door first, okay? You'll be surprised at how high-quality materials are, too. These are real engineering, science, and art projects for children. They'll explore new worlds and rediscover familiar ones, even without leaving the home, right. Dave, yep. from discovering the science of magic to engineering a domino machine and more. Yeah, I have legit no idea what a domino machine is, but guess what? Guess <laughs> you're who's excited? You're excited. This guy. You're this excited. guy is, yeah. Well, spark the love of learning today with a KiwiCo subscription, Dave. Give awesome this holiday season with KiwiCo. Get your first month of any crate line free at KiwiCo.com slash dadville. That's your first month free at K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash dadville. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I want to ask you a question that <clears throat> is risky because I have other questions beyond this that you may end up answering. And I don't want that to happen because I'm the interviewer and <laughs> I, I want to ask I the question. But I'm just going to start with just a very kind of blanket question of like, what was the experience like going back for you and yeah. recording these 12 yeah, songs? Yeah, thanks for asking that. Um, I think I underestimated how emotional I was going to get. Like, I know that sounds like probably a weird answer, but I just had two or three moments <clears throat> when we were down at Sound Emporium down the street from us um, recording these. Because you play them, you know, a few times. It was me and Nathan Duggar, who was on another acoustic, mm-hmm. kind of playing lead lines and stuff. And then Dustin Ransom on keys. And so, you know, we do a few takes because, you know, obviously everybody's just kind of remembering, not to be punny, but, you know, the parts. And like, oh, yeah, Dustin, okay, you do that, I'll do it here. And then he'll, you know. And so you'd kind of, you know, you'd end up doing these songs maybe five or six times each. And by the, you know, third or fourth time, I'm like, gosh, like I'm thinking about the song sort of. I'm like, oh, yeah, that is a cool chorus. So like, I forgot that I do that little. Uh-huh. Or, or, you know, Duggar would be like, hey, dude, don't forget you do whatever. Right, right. And I'm sure it's different. I mean, obviously, you play these songs live. Right. But when you're recording them, it's just different. It's a different well, it's, headspace. It's, it's what you said about Indiana a second ago, making the book, you know, put, doing the, the, the uh, transcription. Transcription. Nah. I don't know. Whatever it is that you're doing. You're crazy sheep. Now, let's stay here until we get the okay. answer. Okay. Trans. Trans. Uh, Transcribe. Yeah, transcription. Yeah, yeah. Sure. It's that same thing where you, you like you have to go in and make sure you're actually doing what you did. And I I did right. that a lot on this record where I was like, okay, I know how to play this live, but I'd rather lean how people know it, which is the recorded version. So, yeah. you know, there would be moments we, we'd be recording it and Dustin would be like, actually, that's not the way we do it on the record. Or do we want to do it that way? Or do we want to do it the way we do it live? And so I was having to sort of square up with that stuff. But You're think, constantly making that decision. Yes, constantly. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um, They're like, Dave, no, no, no. Don't close your mouth more. <laughs> your lips need to be barely touching while you're singing. Remember, you're basically trying to be a ventriloquist for yourself. Yeah. If you could. Uh, so, so, um, but I think all that to say, I think there were just numerous times where like we'd be in the middle of a take or something. And I would just think, gosh, like I really love these songs or, or, and I think the thing that probably overwhelmed me the most was this feeling of, you know, these, these songs are the songs that I've built my career on. Like mm-hmm. these are absolutely the bedrock of my job of my like career existence because these are the songs that people you know sort of were like hey we'll 
we will support you thanks to these and we mm-hmm. like these and we'll, you know, so I think for me, I was just really thankful. Like I got, I really got teary eyed a couple of times, even seeing them here in the, in the, in, in my studio, just going, man, I'm just, if I hadn't had these songs, I wouldn't have a career, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that was the feeling that I kept feeling, which was just, oh my God, I'm so thankful for these songs. Like without these, I wouldn't be doing this, you know? Mm-hmm. So and I think, too, just how, you know, and this is weird to say, but I think you'll know what I mean, because I know between doing these piano books or, like, writing the scores for, you know, the symphonies you've done with in Anderson, where you're um, where you're going, oh, man, I, that is a cool little moment. I forgot about that little right-hand lick or how the band, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. where you kind of, you know, at the risk of sounding a little weird, it's like you're like, oh, that was, I did a cool thing, you know, like, <laughs> I, I did something good, you know, and yeah. so I think that was the other feeling, too, was one, just being thankful, but I think, two, kind of having moments where, like, God, these things are pretty well done, like, they're tight, they're they're uh-huh. well-constructed songs, like, there's not a lot of holes in them, and I think that was really humbling, because I was like, man, I, I don't know what I'm doing now, but I really didn't know what I was doing then, when I wrote a lot, a lot of these songs, and somehow they still float like they haven't sunk yet you know like mm-hmm. they're still out there <laughs> well then maybe maybe this will be lost on you because the other side of the coin uh when i'm doing what you're describing is i'm constantly coming up on things that i'm like i don't do it like that anymore yeah. because yeah. i i do it this way and this is the way that i would do it if i could go back in time and do it yeah and i noticed when i'm when i've listened to this record that there are like even even really, really subtle things that you do. Like there's a, uh, there's a, there's a devil on my shoulder, baby. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that like with that line, on the record, you sing it more, you sing it Straight. tighter, stri- yeah, yeah. like a little straighter. You do like a triplet kind of like yeah, behind yeah, the yeah, beat yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and like little things like that, that maybe, maybe most people listening wouldn't even notice yeah they'd be like no that's the same yeah but it's like no 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 that's like these little things yeah yeah yeah. that over you know years of playing that song live you have found the way that you more naturally want to sing it or whatever right uh so were there were there many of those kinds of things where you're like excuse me i'm getting emotional choked up just (laughs) imagining what your answer is Where you're like, ah, but people know it this way, but yeah. I, I really, you know, like this is the way it should have yeah, been or yeah. like, or, or how do you even view that? Are yeah. you like, it doesn't necessarily have to be a regret kind of thing. Right, 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 you know? right, right. But it's what just was that it's like? changed. Yeah. 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 You know, I went and saw Paul Simon play years ago at the Ryman, uh, Simon at the Ryman, Ryman Simon at the Ryman. And uh, he would do these, he to me is one of the best, this James Taylor's got this too. Where you know a song so well, mm-hmm. and those guys will tweak it two millimeters to the right live. Like, and that may be that, like, on uh, 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover, he had the horns do this thing where it was the most subtle thing you can hear it live, and I'm going to get this sort of wrong, but it was like um, they would just do a little hit at the end of and you're just like, that is so cool because mm-hmm. it's just one more little thing yeah that makes you go oh so I, so i think and, and he did that throughout the set with classic songs you're like i think a lot of people on paper would be like don't you dare touch these things and i'm not equating my songs to his but i think one of well, the you, things you got to recognize the bits that you can't touch right oh yeah, like that drum beat oh i would assume like yeah, yeah. don't mess with yeah, that don't, touch don't do that. some straight yeah yeah thing. 
But what what I think I walked away going learning from that show was, and this that was probably a decade ago, was like, oh, you can still do little nuances to songs that actually do make them better. Like they really do add a new thing to them. Mm-hmm. So I think with this record, there was something in the back of my brain that was like, look, if there's every now and then something on a song that does really take it up, or 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 for those people who know it so well, they're going, oh, what's that? That's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And so I I didn't do that a lot because I was like, the last thing I want to do is it turns into, you know, a totally different experience. But I right. did want to, you know, for the moments that I've done that live that I thought this really does add, you know, like let's like the way that we end um, Love Will Be Enough for Us, you know, it's not like the record, but it's how we do it live. But I think it's it's cool. So, yeah. And I think to your point, you just said it really well. I also think these are the moments where you go, if I could, I should have done it like this the first time. Right. Yeah, and so it's your chance not to write some to, to write the wrongs, I say, but just to kind of go. Now that I've done it live a long time, I kind of know this is really the better version of yeah. it. You know, so without I kind of feel like every artist who who has a career, you know, a decade, two decades, or whatever, should do this every now and then. No, oh, I agree. I mean, to to me, I, I, I one, I think it was, and I would tell my artist friends, I know you and I talked about this, and I've been pushing you to do it, is like. To do it, if just no, for no other reason than how much I think it moves your your own heart and soul, just mm-hmm. to be like to sit and play these songs like that and remember them and to enjoy them and sort of think about them in that light. But I think too, you know, it's it's really fun to put out this version of them because I think a lot of fans have heard them played this way for right. years in right. some iteration. You know, if that's just like a solo John McLaughlin show or whatever, that they go, oh man, I love, you know whatever the song is always be my girl or even like industry or something but god when he plays it solo live it's a different thing mm-hmm. you know i can hear it better that was the thing i remember tyrone wells telling me years ago our dear friend and he was talking about acoustic shows because i was still kind of playing band stuff and he's like man i think you'll be amazed at how much people how much your fans will enjoy these shows because he just said so many people come up to me after shows and we're like man i just it's so cool to hear what you're doing, like on the guitar, mm-hmm. or hear the vocal a little better, or just catch the nuances of, of the song in that in that um, iteration or whatever. Right. And so I think that's another reason I, I want my friends to do it, is just because I'm like, it's as much for them as it is for you, and vice versa, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, I think good songs live in that context really well, and they're right. not something you're having to worry about, like, gosh, the groove right, or yeah. the chorus yeah. not big enough. It's like, no, this is the, the, here it is, Yeah. you know. Yeah. I agree. Okay, so um, was there a song in the 12? Well, first off, let me ask this. You've got 12 songs on here. And this undertaking, obviously, for your fans, is going to be a little uh, intense. It's going to be um, charged. Because if you would put out, you know, 12 slots online and be like, all right, everybody fill out your 12 yeah you know you're gonna get you know a different list for a lot of people so what would the 13th song have been oh man if there were 13 songs on here gosh what a great question well you know the thing that that we found we actually did that so i I pulled online and just was like hey everybody what would y'all want to hear and thankfully 90 gosh five percent of them were all the same of the 12. Of the 12. Because, see, my guess would be, I would have guessed, I, and I think if I did this, and I have, I have 12 slots, 
Again, you know, like those top five, I know what they're going to be. Right. Right. But then, then you get to like the bottom half of it. <clears throat> and I know that six is half of 12. So don't, <laughs> don't, uh, you know, get into the details of my math here, but, but you get to that bottom half and that's where it starts getting squirrely. And then I could, I could see myself doing that. Yeah. And then eventually being like, ah, screw it. I'm yeah. just going to do the, the the 12 that I want to do. You know, we, we, so two of my managers, Paul and Jake and I sort of had a thread where we were like, okay, what would you do? And everybody kind of sent in their votes. And those were really similar. Thankfully the, so the 12 honestly was probably going to be dreaming electric or the 13th was going to be dreaming electric blue. Yeah. Cause I got some votes, That's but then I, I was like, you know, I don't, I want to do, I want to do that record in two or three years where I do like maybe even five years, like second half of my career, greatest yeah. hits or whatever we call yeah. it. Um, and so I decided to just stay out of like, I think we didn't do anything past um, Carry On, San Vicente. I think it'll start there for the next one. Because, so, you know, like Wildflower got some votes. There were votes for songs like that that were like, you know, God, do we want to do that? That feels like open up a little bit of can of worms. So we stayed. But it, I mean, I'm telling you, it was it was unbelievably consistent how how the songs that people really wanted. I mean, even mm-hmm. down to Crazy About You, which was kind of, surprising to me you know that the crazy about you would be on there mm-hmm. uh but even that was so i was like man I, we just didn't have to do much thinking it was wonderful because it was like okay these are the ones everybody wants and yeah there you see go. that's that is a great example what you just said right there that you were surprised that crazy about you would even be on there that is a that is a great reminder to me that you can only be so knowledgeable about your own stuff because i'm like are you are you crazy? Like, what do you mean? Crazy about you wouldn't yeah. be on there. Well, I, I I think some of it is not sadly that humble of me. It's more like what sounds the best in this context. I mean, thankfully, Crazy About You sounds great because we played it so much acoustically. Like uh-huh. we know how to do it. But wait, wait, wait! <laughs> I just randomly was reminded of a oh, story God. where I wasn't even there. Do you know what I'm talking about? In Indiana. In Indiana. <laughs> Just give the quick story okay. here. So, I got really, I got really adventurous on this show. We were playing. What was it? The something box. Uh, music mill. Music I think it was mill. called. It looked like a box. That's why I called yep. it. It was a cool venue. I really loved that venue. It was. But I decided that I would start out in the, <laughs> I would start out in the crowd with Crazy Bites at the beginning of the show. So uh, not plugged in, just yeah. me and a guitar. So the show's about to start, and I'm kind of walking through the crowd. Like, oh, they're hanging up. And I start playing it, and the band was going to pick up the cues. They can't hear me at all. So literally, Paul, you know, Maves, Paul Mayberry, and Dela are on stage, and Paul's like squinting, looking at me because the lights are hitting him. And I'm, and on stage, <laughs> uh, for people who haven't been on stage, like you, you can't see anything. Oh yeah, you're. It's like you have a million flashlights right in your face. You yeah, can't yeah. really see anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they can't hear you. Yeah, and so he's trying to hear. And then I didn't factor in how long it would take me to walk back to the stage. So I'm, I'm playing as loud as I can, and Paul's like, look, I can see he's like, and he's like, and he just starts going, tss, 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 and they vamp for at least two minutes. Well, oh, excuse me. Oh, hey, oh no, I can't do Victor. Hi, and I'm trying well, to play, and, and there, there's not like there aren't stairs. No, so I have and to go the back. Stage is like, yeah, you know, five feet up. You can't. So it was like a weird <laughs> instrumental. It was like a two-part instrumental. Me and the crowd. Starting acoustically, navigating my way through a sea of people like a Moses, up to but and that disappear for thirty seconds. Well, then just, you get to the stage, yeah, and then you realize then you can't out, get on plug the stage. In, 
we don't even know how to start because I and I'm still sort of plug it no no plug like the, the thing and it was just <laughs> oh I so wish I were at that terrible in but, in like ten fifteen years I I will remember that I was there I'll be telling yeah. that story like I was there you probably blocked it out from trauma yeah um but I think you know that I just think of an album like this and those are not the songs I'm like oh I want. like if you give me any any of my favorite artists are going hey I'm doing an acoustic record I'm probably gonna th- gravitate more toward the songs that in my brain even on a subconscious level I'm like oh that would be cool in that context like a mid to slows and every now and then one up tempo but it doesn't need like a huge rhythm section to make it right, work right and you know so so I think you know but even that one was on there so so I was really relieved because we didn't have to do some deep spelunking of like oh god now we're gonna have to like draw straws on songs or yeah. do we look at the downloads they've had that justify putting right. them out which is just it's just so hard to tell if that's the right way to go, the yeah. right metric. Empirical data yep. in a job like ours is tricky enough. Right. You know what I mean? So so which song of the 12 uh, was the most, <clears throat> I guess, surprising? And it could be like that it was the most challenging or it was it surprised you because it was just like, oh, one take and I thought this one would be difficult, but there it is. Yeah. Which one was the most surprising? I think you? Crazy Batch was surprising in that I don't sing it at all like I used to. Like the melody, I've completely changed. Mm-hmm. So the, I, I had to relearn that one, like completely relearn it, which was really comical. Um, and I've changed a bunch of lyrics kind of on purpose. And I was like, oh, I need to maybe stick to the original script. Um, I think of all of them, though, I think L.A. Song was the one that really thumped me the hardest, like in a sweet way. Um I just hadn't played that song live in a long time. And I think getting back to it and playing it. And I tell you too, so many people like threatened my life. They were like, if you don't put that song on there, I'm going to kill you. And I was like, oh, this song like matters to people. The other thing that's tricky about that song, fun fact, if you go listen to Brothering the Sun, the album it's on, I had a melody I used to sing live. I remember this. Yeah. And so we got in the studio and even me, it wasn't even Ed. I was just like, this melody doesn't work when you put a band with it. It's not, it's not interesting enough or something and and i think what it is now i I think the song the songwriter in me now knows it starts really high and stays high like the melody on the verse is really high and it just doesn't those songs it works like a lot of great songs like this but generally in songwriting you want your chorus to be the highest notes it's what makes it feel like the chorus lifts that's how you even know what a chorus is Mm -hmm. you're like oh this is where everybody's supposed to sing and I think subconsciously, I just realized once we got in the studio, like me singing that high for so long before I get to the chorus is not starting the chorus right. So we dropped the melody, or I just changed the melody in the studio real time. But you can hear the old melody in my headphones because it was so loud in the track. Oh, that's in the headphones? That's in the headphones. So um, it's, it's... So I remember getting Brother Bring the Sun. But when did that come out? Oh, three? I think four. I remember listening to it for the first time, that song. And of course, being like thrown, like, oh, that's not the melody. Yeah, yeah. What was happening? Yeah. And it's after the, it's when you're going into the last verse. That's right. When it, yeah. You can hear it a little bit. Yeah, because the band. But I didn't up. know it was headphone bleed. Yeah, it's headphone bleed. Because I had, I, had I had a headphone off. And so uh, that one was fun to sing because of that. Because I was like, I actually want to do the old melody. And I think I started doing the old melody live when I would do it. Uh, I did the, the Christmas, the last Christmas shows I did last year. Somebody yelled it from the crowd and kept yelling it from the crowd at this venue. And finally, I was like, I'm just going to do it. So I had the band walk well, off. Well, you I were sh- ignoring me. That was fair. You yeah. and mom. Yeah. Uh, and finally, like to, to you know, satiate their heathen bloodthirst, I did it. And um, 
and while playing it, I was like, I sang the old melody, which I never do. And I was like, oh, that feels good live. So I think doing that song in the studio and just how well Dustin, like Dustin played this outro solo that was just, it's gorgeous. And what Duggar's doing mm -hmm. and it was just really cool. It was really cool. I, that one, that one, that one got me. I, I sort of, and you know, Hillary Scott sings on it. So yeah. that was really cool Gosh. too, to hear her sing. So that's one of those where I, 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 I mean, you know, like arguably I may like this new version better than the old one mm -hmm. just cause I feel like it, it really, something about how naked that song is in that context really communicates to me, mm -hmm. the new version. Um, uh, so I'd say that one, but you know, love will be enough. It's great. Cause we got two, three part harmony, which usually, I guess, two part with me. Um, which on the record we don't do, but we've done live forever. So there, there's some that were really fun because you got to kind of go, oh, man, people can hear it like yeah, like yeah. we talked about a minute ago, like I want to hear it. But I would probably say L.A. Song of, of all the one. And I, Grace's was fun because I I just was like, I'm going to play this like I'll play it live with all the little meadly me leads in the noodle mm -hmm. noodles. So that's one I'm really proud of because I feel like, you know, it's fun to that people have a like a version of how I play it live because, you know, it's one of those that people are always like, man. You know, it's cool uh -huh. to hear you play it like that. And so now it's, you can hear it, you know. Yeah. Hello, Dave. Wow. Okay, yours was, yours was better than mine. Johnny. Thanks. Are yep. you loving this warmer weather? Summer mm. is just around the corner. Dave, I am so glad that you brought that up because the weather has been so great. Mm. I'm playing tennis, yep. right? Mm -hmm. I'm sitting outside on the porch Gosh. in my tennis shoes, <laughs> going for walks yep. in my in different shoes. I don't, yeah, I don't I was walk say, in that's tennis just shoes. too far. Yeah, I mean it's so nice and honestly, I don't really want to be spending too much time in the kitchen making meals because there's so many other John, things. John, to John, do John, outside. John, John, John. That's yeah. where Factor comes in. You can fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, so you can spend more time outside. Okay, it sounds good, but Dave, let me ask you a question. Okay. Can I meet my wellness goals in time for summer with Factor? <laughs> I hope you've got goals and then more goals, John, because we'd call you Cristiano Ronaldo. Soccer joke. Hey, yo. And guess what? And then some, John. It's going to be just fine. Factor has chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. Dave, that sounds so awesome. You've talked me into it. I'm ready. Wow, that was easy. I'm ready to kickstart my routine with 35 different Good meals. Gracious. And more than 60 add-ons to choose from, Goodness Dave. Did you know gracious. that? I'm educating you now. <laughs> and these are restaurant-quality meals like filet mignon, Ooh. right? Mm -hmm. Shrimp. Mm -hmm. Blackened salmon. Enjoy you know? effortless support for your lifestyle. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. Head to factormeals.com slash dadville50 and use the code dadville50 to get 50% off. That's 5-0, 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code dadville50 at factormeals.com slash dadville50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Dave. John, we all love summer, and our oh, kids yeah. especially love summer, but yep. we lose that consistent schedule of when kids are in school. 
and that yeah. can create some summer child care problems. You know what? Thankfully, though, Dave, <gasps> there's a solution. What? Windy. That's W-Y-N-D-Y. Listen, it's an app that connects families to college student nannies literally in minutes. These nannies are background checked, interviewed, and honestly, just awesome, Dave. That's right, John. And Wendy has been around for seven years and has been used by over 20,000 families. There are hundreds of qualified college student nannies on Wendy near you, working full or part-time. All you have to do is go to wendy.com slash dadville to start searching for a nanny. And as a special offer, they're going to knock off 50 bucks wow. off your search yeah. if you go through that link. Wendy provides top-notch service, but at a fraction of the cost of traditional nanny agencies Ooh. and no ongoing fees. Okay, so here's how it works. Go to wendy.com slash dadville to start your search. A Wendy concierge will find great matches for your job and set up interviews for you. You can choose the one you like. Get started now because there are a lot of parents out there looking for nannies for the summer. That's right. Go to wyndy.com slash dadville. Um, okay, so speaking of these songs being so naked and exposed, um, which should have been the I was going to say, title. we flirted with that, but Jeez. it just, the URLs were all taken uh, okay. a little off. Okay. Color. I got a couple of those. <laughs> um, what, what was the best going through these 12? What, in your opinion, is the best lyric? And I, it, it doesn't even have to be the, the song. This song has the best lyric. But like, if if you were showing Bob Dylan yeah. your stuff, and Ooh. you know he's gonna be lyric leaning, <laughs> what 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 lyric line are you most proud of? And then musically, which song is the most? Are you most proud of musically? Uh, I think L.A. song again on that chorus that. Jesus love like a bullet from a gun. He's careful like a surgeon. That one really popped out. And I was like, wow, I mm-hmm. can't believe I thought that was, I mean, not in a bad way that I was like, yeah, that's a lyric. Cause now I'd be like, what is that? Why would you say surgeon? Um, so that, that probably, that probably again, jumped out the most while I was singing it. I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's cool. That's really bizarre. I, I do think this, and, and I don't know if you feel this way, but like when you meet younger artists right now, you know, as long as we've been doing what we do, those are the things that I think I are my little, if somebody's like, Hey, I've just moved to Nashville. I've got, you know, and, and I'd love to send you my songs and tell you, you know, one of the things, even at a sub subconscious level, I think I'm listening for is actually those kind of things where I'm like, like Indiana for me, when when I heard that song the first time, I was like, that is one of the coolest ways to say all that stuff I've ever heard. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I think I'm always listening for something. If so, should I do this for a living? Or what do you think? I'm always like, give me something that I'm not expecting. Just give me something that's that's particular to you and right. how you think about yeah. things in the world. And so I think looking back, I'm like, it's cool in that context hearing that lyric. But I definitely am now like. Yeah, I, I wish I would write that lyric now, but I don't. I think my discipline would probably be like, no, 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 we gotta keep it between the lines or something. Yeah, right. Um, gosh, and then musically, I, I, I mean, Grace's to me is just always. I just, I love, I love, I love what happens musically in that song. Like that bridge to me is still really fun. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think, I think probably. Probably those two. 
Um, but there, there's more. There's more sneaky stuff. I think you know. You and I've talked about this. We don't have to talk about this now. But you know, I've been studying the Beatles this year really deeply. And and something I love about them is how much they just use chords so interestingly. Yeah. And I think because I've been studying them this year, and I did, and I recorded remembering this year, I've just listened to my own music in that way. I'm like, mm-hmm. did I ever do stuff that was interesting? And then I think back then. Because I wasn't meaning to. I, I was, but I wasn't going like, hey, let's throw some cool chords in. I was just like, that's where I hear the melody going. And yeah. I was really, like, thankfully encouraged to hear, like, oh, wow, there are some musical things happening in a lot mm-hmm. of these songs that I just forgot I did. Right. You know, like little moments where something's like, oh, that, that was weird. I put that chord there. Uh-huh. You know, so even nothing fancy like the the flat seven. There's just some moments where yeah. I'm like, oh, I did do some cool. All right, way to go, dude. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Coming in with a new methodology now, I'm sort of like, does this? Can I lay this over my old stuff and it still works? Uh-huh. And I was, I was so relieved to know, like, oh no, there's definitely some moments in here. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, okay, w- which of the songs, which of the twelve, would you say if if they're like your children? Yeah, let's say. Yeah, which one is like the hardest kid? Which one's <laughs> the one you've had the most tumultuous <laughs> relationship with? <laughs> Oh, that is such a good question, John. Uh Oh man. Uh I think I think in some ways it's been this this may be a surprise to you, but I think in some ways it's been on right like this because it was just such a weird the the you know, when I wrote it it was like the version on Brother Bring the Sun is how I wrote it, which is like a minute and a half or yeah. something. It's really short. It's like half a song. Um, and I never wanted to record it. I just thought it was like this sweet little thing. I, I kind of thought it was too sweet at times. So I was like, I don't want to get near it. And then Ed was like, we got to record it. And so, um, yeah, I think it's just, it's all, and I, I love it. Like, I love it now. I love that song. I'm so proud of it. But I think for a long time, it was always one I was like, I don't want to. And you, you know, yeah. our genre, like, you know, you know, our genre, like you, you're playing these shows and like a lot of time you're playing with a bunch of other dudes and you know, really cool looking dudes who are really good at what they do. And a song like that can sort of feel like a Disney song. Mm-hmm. It can feel like, you know, you're playing, you know, some really beautiful, but like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a weird, it's like that can get tricky. Yeah. You're playing some club, you right. know, and it's like the rest of just funky and fun or whatever the band's in. You're like, what a night like, you know? <laughs> so I think that one's always been the one that's like, I knew people liked it, but I think right. for me, I was always like, oof, this is, it can be a little. I mean, I have a Disney song that I feel that exact way about. Yes. Where I'm like, I mean, and I feel way different about it now. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'll play it. And, and again, it's so hard to, when I'm playing it, especially when it's in the context like this record is, where it's like so exposed and and like simplified yeah um it's like a reduction yeah so everyone is filling in stuff in their heads unless they've never heard your music before right. and they listen to this record for the first right. time but everyone else who knows this song whatever the song is and you're playing it solo they're fi- everyone's filling in so many so many spaces in their head and in my head when i'm in that place that you just described I'm I'm hearing Disney. Nothing against yeah, yeah, Disney. Yeah, yeah. Love Disney. Yeah, but it's yeah, like yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm li- I'm I'm hearing a different sound than I want to be doing right now. That's right. Um but I think at this point now, you know, 15 years into it. Yeah. I'm I'm 
starting to hear things a little bit more uh, with less like mud in the water. Right. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think too, like, I feel like so many songwriters say, or songwriter artists rather, performing songwriters, like say this, and I think it is so true. There's so many songs that you do, I think, early in your career that you sort of attach a thought to that sort uh-huh. of harms the song where you're like, it's too sweet. It's too sappy. It's too yeah, slow. Yeah. It's too fast. It's too funky. It's too whatever. Cause you always attach, at least for me, like I have songs that, that hurt me the other way where I'm like, no, when I play this, it, I sound like the killers. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, what? Yes. Uh, you don't sound like the That's killers. That's exactly right. But when I wrote it, yeah. it was, it's the killers performing yeah. the song yeah, yeah, in yeah. my head. You know? And, and, and I think because we, play live music you sort of attach um little qualifiers to them so you know where to put them right i need the song that's going to shut everybody up boom that's a song i need the fun funky that's a song yep and you can mislabel songs totally i mean you can go like that's my sweet everybody and everybody's like no it's not your sweet that's your powerful you could end the show with that song no you can't it's Uh just me so i think too what i hear a lot of singer songwriters say is it it'll take them 20 years to get around a song where you can finally Mm -hmm. square up with the song and be like no, this is a great song. And I just sort of had a weird experience with it early or played it in a context where one person said something or you just got in your head like this song, I'm putting it out, but I just feel this way about it and I can't get over it. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, just life and distance finally give you a perspective on uh, the right perspective on some songs. Yeah. It's really interesting to me that yeah. way. You know, it's like you get your, it's the ego thing too. You finally yeah. just let yourself be, you know, do what it does. It's so fascinating to me, that whole thing, because that, like you're saying, it's not just on, on its face. It's like, which song do you play? But there's so much involved. Yes. It's like who, how you see yourself. Right. How, and, and you can get stuck in these loops where it's like, well, this is how I felt when I wrote that song or right, that's when a, I recorded that's it. That's a great point. And then that's you're stuck point. there for a while. Because you can be in the studio and, and your producer says one thing off the cuff as a total joke. Like, you right. love the song. Yeah. And the band's queuing it up. And he's like, all right, let's do the Disney tune. And you're like, Disney tune. <laughs> and all you think about now is yeah. like, great, this guy, girl I respect yep. is, is ah, oh, it's a Disney. Well, I never heard it. Now all I hear it is like, you know, Snow White singing it through the far. Ah. Yep. Yeah, I'm trying to be cool, man. You yeah. know, and now you're like, yeah. oh, great. Yeah. You know. I know. Uh, okay. I've got one last question for okay. you. Um, and I, and. I want to warn you, this is inappropriate, an inappropriate question. Okay. Uh, that probably shouldn't be asked. Okay. I love um, that. These are the questions I'm the most uh, excited about. But I'm asking it because, in my experience, I have never, I've never made a record where there wasn't something immediately, a couple months later, that I'm like, ah, I would change X. There's always something. I always want to go back and record and re-record something. So if you could have this record back and you haven't put it out yet, yeah, is there anything that you would go back and change about it? That's a great question. I don't think so. And the, and the reason that I say that is one, like I feel like I did a lot of this ahead of time and producing it myself. Like I had to really go that question it's like i squared up with that question three months before i started recording it's like because one of the dilemmas we had in the studio with like someday sarah was yeah it kind of needs a baseline but right. it was like we had all agreed we're not going to do uh-huh. rhythm parts or bass we're just right. not going to do it 
Um, you know, and then you get in the middle of it, you're like, hey, Dustin, can you just just for fun on the B3 do like a low end? And mm-hmm. you're like, okay, thank you. So thankfully, I feel like during the process, I didn't stick too much to my guns on some things because like yeah, you know, yeah. I had Mulva Hill, Scott Mulva came in and played stand-up bass on level B enough for us. So I made little tweaks that I felt like I know if I hadn't done those, that those would be my answers. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, we should have added bass to a couple of the tracks, but I was just too like uh dogmatic to be like right. no it's not right. gonna have that so thankfully and i think too listening to the guys you know like as we were recording you know being like because there were a couple times where i was like that we you know we get like after someday say we got in the studio and we're all listening to me and Duggar and ransom and i was like does this need bass and, ransom, and they were both like yeah and it was like mm-hmm. okay let's do it it wasn't you know so to yeah. answer your question i think those things probably would have been right uh and in, in, in a year from now i may have things i'm like oh no now but I, I've, i'm pretty proud of how it landed but it is also really simple so it's you're not dealing with what we usually are where you have 90 tracks on a song right you're like oh right. God, i wish we hadn't added the orchestra or had the children's choir <laughs> or i should have sung <laughs> in this section something different or something this this you know th- this is kind of the easiest version of that because they're well-established songs you know what you're doing with them most of the time and the biggest thing i had to do really was personnel it was like how far do we chase yeah. the yellow brick road before it turns into the wrong we've just gone too far yeah and it's like you know so i'm really I'm, I'm i'm thankful for it and i think like this version of it is exactly kind of what i was hoping it would be which i'm really thankful i mean that was and i'll say this too the, the advice that i got it, it was really fascinating to me so when i decided to do it i called ed i called my dear friend josh kerr and my other friend jordan reynolds because i was like i wanted ed because he's produced me for all these years and then i wanted two guys in jordan and josh who grew up listening to my music but are really good friends of mine now and i needed those very specific perspectives so ed i was like hey how should i do these songs what's the treatment and i asked those two guys the same things i said how should i do these like because i was like you know we could do like light percussion that kind of gives you a backbeat on some of these things but it's not overdone we can do just me and the guitar mm-hmm. and it's just a vocal and the guitar and all three of them had the same answer which was really affirming and like unbelievably it was a huge relief because it was like acapella they were like don't do it <laughs> don't do the record and that was the Why fire i needed to, to do the record yep that was my basketball coach going, you're never gonna play yep you know, God, those guys are smart. They're so smart and yeah. not my friends anymore. Right. And, uh, no, but they all said like, they said, keep it simple, but like, don't, don't do it just you and the guitar, but do not add a rhythm section. Yeah. And so it was a really helpful thing of going like, okay, the middle, like don't do a bunch of overdubs, have it be, you know, instruments to play the whole time with mm-hmm. you, not coming in, doing a little extra and then a lecture here or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it was really helpful. So I think all that stuff really put it in a way that I, I felt pretty confident going in like, okay, this is the way to do it. Yeah. And it has relieved me at least at this point of kind of like, Oh gosh. I right. Know, right. Gosh, right. You know. Well, I'm glad that that's your answer. Yeah. Thanks. We'll revisit it in a year. <laughs> I was going to say that's exactly right. <laughs> well, man, it's a great record and it Thank sounds you. awesome. Thanks, and these right, songs thanks. are amazing and everybody needs to run out to your local borders <laughs> and get your copy. <laughs> Your local borders. Yeah, thanks. Dead fish.